0: Welcome, Heather Chovine, to the Best Self Podcast. We totally outkicked our coverage, sister, having Thanks. you on the show today. Thanks. So excited to have you.
1: I'm excited to have this conversation.
0: You, you are a rock star. I mean, I think a lot of people, you introduced yourself to a lot of people with your TED Talks. Uh, mm. That's I've, I've done my homework on you, and it feels like everyone brings that up. Um, you were a rock star. I watched it myself. I love you have a, you have, you're a good combination of sass, no BS. And, uh, you're heartwarming too. Like you have a great story. You, you, you did beat stage four cancer and you have impacted people all over the world. And now, I mean, you're, you're, you're a person that you don't have to go out and seek people. They come out and seek you. So.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. I have to uh, definitely manage the SAS sometimes, but <laughs> it's a it's a good motivator sometimes for people. Yeah.
0: Well, your SAS, I don't know. We we haven't talked a lot about it, but you you may have had some SAS prior to stage four, uh, probably had a lot of it. Uh, though just listening to you and, and hearing your story. And then once you once you had stage four cancer and you're walking out and you kind of had some self-reflect. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what am I doing? And you had two different directions you could go. Yeah. Uh, you know, some people go to pity city and have a hard time getting out of it. You kind of chose a different route. Why? Why that route? What? What gave mm-hmm. you the courage to go that route?
1: I ask. I act. Actually, ask myself that question a lot because I am always very curious. I remember, I don't know how old I was. I started college or something before I went to university. And I was so obsessed with why people do what they do. And I often wonder this when I'm working with people, like how come this person, you know, succeeded and this one didn't just implement or, you know, couldn't get out of their own way. And I wanna back up a little bit before I was diagnosed. Um, I fell in love with meditation and mindfulness and personal development through the parenting Avenue. So my boys are now, they always change their age and then I get screwed up, but they're almost 16, (laughs) 11 and eight. So I was 18 when I had my son and, um, or when I became a mother and I just remember looking at him thinking like feeling like I already failed as a human, like, Oh, this wasn't how it was supposed to go. But there was something inside of me, Brad, that like just, kicked me into gear of like, I need to become the person that I want this child to be. And so I started, you know, doing all the things. I was like, I'm going to go to school. People don't, but that's where the SAS came in. Like I was motivated by that, like fear and anger of like, I'll show you, I'll show you. And it got me through doors. It got me educated. It got me all those things. But at the same time I was neglecting myself, like severely neglecting myself, like any physical needs that I had, emotional needs. It was just go, 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 you know, the hustle mentality. Um, I I bought into that, you know, self-care is selfish. You have to put yourself last, all of that. And then I found my way into social work, found my way into really understanding children's behavior and then like loving it, but also feeling the disconnect between my home life and my work life. And so again, learning and growing. So I fell in love with personal development. And it was like I was reading all the books, I was doing all the things. And then when I was diagnosed, it, you know, that moment that you were talking about, um, I talk about this in, well, in my book that's coming up, but also the TEDx talk. But it was like this weird, okay, Heather, you're diagnosed, you have cancer. And for the first time, I literally said out loud, or to myself, and I thought people could hear me. <laughs> um, like, I am finally listening. And when I was going out, you know, I was walking outside, I'm looking up, I'm like, you finally have my attention. At that point, you know, my, my relationship with spirituality or God, source universe was rocky. Um, I grew up Roman Catholic, I had my own beliefs, but then I kind of repelled against that. So I knew there was something bigger, but I didn't trust it. And when you say like, what made you pick that path? I think everything that I was doing was like seed planting for that moment for me to now kind of go, you know, put your money where your mouth is. Like if you, you really have no other option, but to trust in something bigger than yourself and to really step into how you want to feel in your life and who you want to be.
0: Right. Well, you know, such good stuff. How do you trust though? I mean, I think a lot of people kind of run into that same hurdle. They have a hard time trusting something they can't see. What got you through that bump in the road? I mean, you you can't see it. People are telling you, you're telling yourself, Mm -hmm. how do you get through that? It looks like a brick wall, but it's just a thin sheet of paper and you just don't know. And Maybe you don't have the courage. How did you have the courage to do that? Can you recall? You're you're
1: asking really good questions. You're making me think. Um, I, I think I had a setup for this, to be honest with you. I think becoming a teen parent and overcoming like what I called statistical odds um, really gave me like, it was almost like if you've ever done like an evidence journal, right? So where you're like, well, show me evidence that you can trust yourself. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, hey, if I've been able to do that, I can do this. And I really just had no other option. I didn't want my children to grow up without a mother. And I know that, you know, people are like, you won the fight. And I was like, listen, not everybody wins the fight. And I have friends that did not win the fight. But Mm -hmm. here's the deal. Like, I want to go out kicking and screaming. I want to go out like I gave it everything that I possibly could, so I literally had no other option yeah. but to trust in something that I couldn't see.
0: Right. Huh. That's cool. I, I can relate a little bit to your story. I uh my family has a history of so my my sister who I she's a rock star lover. She's turned out to be amazing, but she got pregnant twice before 18 was a high school dropout, meth dealer, the whole deal, runaway, uh, always had a humongous heart, but m- not the same path as you, but got pregnant early, young, and uh, what did kind of took the hard road. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, she's had to knock down some walls and overcome some fears, and, and she, she ran a path that she kind of the same deal, had no choice really. I mean, she had choices, but she was pretty much rock bottom. She had nowhere to go, but up so she could stay in pity city or she could do something about it. And kind of like you, she did something about it. You had talked, I've heard you talk about reverse engineering your life. Do you feel like part of reverse engineering your life involved understanding what the term busy means and understanding how to reinvent busy for you. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, so I think, you know, we glorify busy and people say it to me all the time. And I've gotten to the point where I just don't correct them anymore. Um, But they're like, wow, you have three boys. You must be so busy. Wow, you like, it's just always, you must be. And Mm -hmm. I know that that is a projection of probably how they feel in their life and they're projecting it onto me. And, you know, I'm not going to sit there and have a motivational speech for every single human who says that to me. So, um, you know, I'll say my life is full. It's, you you know, my life is full, um, you know, by my choosing, but it's not busy. And I, when I feel busy, which is very rarely anymore, um, To me, that is a like, and I got a lot going on, but that's a sign that something is out of alignment or most likely my brain is just running, 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 running. And I need to stop. I need to just realign and I need to get clear because I know that if I'm busy, it's, I'm just like a chicken, right? Running around my head cut off. And, um, I, It's not going to get me anywhere. And I know this because I used to live my life like that because success equaled busy. And I started to question that before I got sick because I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Like, just because you're doing more doesn't mean you're getting to where you want to go. Or, you know, looking at this person who's running around, you're like, you know, if you just have you ever seen that meme of that little boy in the water and he's holding on to, um, He's holding on to a rope and he's screaming for, he's terrified. Mm. And then his mom comes and she just puts his legs down and he's like, oh, everything's fine. I kind of feel that's how people glorify Mm. busy. They're just terrified and they're projecting these fears and guilt and shame and everything on their life and just running away from the emotion. And so, you know, I've learned over the years as I fell in love with emotional intelligence, like- Why are you busy? And just cut right to the emotion, cut right to the fear, stare it in the face and say, you're actually not that big and scary. You're kind of like the Wizard of Oz. Like yeah. when I pull back the curtain, you're just this little tiny man or elf or whatever the heck Wizard of Oz was. <laughs> and it's okay. And so I've just developed these patterns. So now I'm just, I'm like, no, I'm not busy. I have a full life by my choosing.
0: Ah, Gold. Yeah. It's so good.
1: And I delegate so, a lot.
0: You know what? I, I learned a long time ago that great leaders delegate. No, no doubt about it. So, you know, I hear you talking about you've created uh, I mean, how do we fill our cups full of freedom? How do we how do we fill that up? You know, you talk about how you're actually not as busy now. I love your, I love that meme analogy, by the way. That is awesome. I'm gonna mm-hmm. steal that. Uh, how do we feel up more freedom? Like you're you're clearly, I mean, you clearly got stuff on your schedule. Mm-hmm. People want Heather in their diet. How is it you're feeling your cup full of freedom more so now than say a couple years ago? What's the difference?
1: Yeah, so I have really good boundaries. If I don't want to do something, I don't do it um I love I live for these conversations like yeah. I just love having intellectual conversation with other humans you never yeah. know where those relationships go and or the connections are like sure. you know what what that will lead it's like breadcrumbs um so I say yes to the things that bring me joy and I try to eliminate the things that don't and yeah. that's not ne- I'm not going to say, you know, you'll see everything being like cut out these people and blah, blah, blah. I always say you still have to pay your taxes. Like you still have to do, because I think in the wellness industry, we get extremes, like do things that bring you joy and if it doesn't bring you joy. And I bought into that for a while. I'm like, well, I don't like sitting in front of a computer for a few hours. Therefore, I'm not going to do it. I don't want to pay my taxes. Well, I always pay my taxes, but you know, sending that email. I don't want to do that. Oh, doing that uncomfortable thing that I'm resisting. And here's the thing. Freedom is a feeling and what brings me freedom and joy is going to be very different than you. And every, like my husband, my three boys, my neighbor. And when you talked about reverse engineering, Mm -hmm. after I got sick, I started learning about, well, before I was learning about this. You can call it law of attraction. You can call it manifesting. You can call it whatever. Mm -hmm. But the concept was you need to feel what you were feeling before you get it. Why do you want more money? Because you think more money equals freedom. You think if you have more money, you're just not going to worry about money anymore. And you're going to like sleep through the night. Well, I will tell you, not only from experience, but from people who have lots of money, if you Mm -hmm. don't deal with the mindset, you're going to get more money and you're still going to be the same person. So filling your cup with the feeling. So if you want freedom, tell me, right? Like I, I tell people all the time, take a pen and paper, write down when you have felt free in your life, what are you doing? It may be before you had all those responsibilities, but start to implement those things in your day, and your week example, yeah. you know, it's, we're recording this on a Tuesday. Right. I were in the middle of a pandemic, like we're kind of isolated. Right. And you know, last week I'm like, I feel I need a little, I, I love to travel. Can't do much of it right now. I love adventure. I love nature. My two out of three of my boys have been um, learning online. We're stuck in front of computers all day. I'm like, let's break it up. Like, let's go camping for two days. And because I've created the time freedom, meaning I have the flexibility in advance, I can rework things. Therefore, we get to go out in nature for two days, come back, and that little alignment is going to help me fill my cup and create the feeling that I want for my future goals. So instead of living in this someday when, or when I reach there, right. As the, yeah, my right. mother's generation, who's right, like, right. I'll live my life when I retire. Well, guess what? Now everybody one didn't save enough money. And they're spending all that money on recouping their health. Mm. And sometimes it's too far gone. Right. So I'm like, I want to live now in little pockets and big mm. pockets so that I can live a quality life while I'm going after my big goals, but create the feeling in the moment too.
0: Right. Boom, yeah, that, that is awesome. So, do you think do you tie culture and attitude into the same package? I mean, do you think mm. do you think culture and attitude? How about this: culture, attitude, and busy?
1: Mm.
0: Do they do they comingle there?
1: Interesting,
0: because like I'm a I'm a big culture guy. Like I'm, I believe culture's king. So I
1: believe culture's king. I believe it's highly, uh, contagious Mm -hmm. in the sense that even being in my house, like not being able to travel to other places where I'm experiencing other people and how they live, I, I feel like I'm in this small little bubble. And I know that if I go to a, you know, Europe where it's slower pace, I'm going to come back and be like, what is wrong with everybody? Why are we so fast? Meanwhile, sure. I'm probably moving at a faster pace well I'm probably moving at a slower pace right now because of yeah, what sure. is happening. Mm-hmm. I think culture's big, but here is my perspective on culture. I believe women and parents in general, we are culture creators and the tone that we set in a family and in a house is our culture and it's almost like a cultural lineage, yeah. right? So where we how do we know how to cook from our lineage? And I know that culture has changed big time, but you know, leadership, emotional culture, attitude, I don't like, yeah, I feel like attitude is a big one. For me, I I think I use the terminology energy. So we all know what it's like when somebody walks into a room and you're like you can feel it. You're like, that person's an asshole or that person's awesome. You either are attracted to going closer to them. Or you're like whoa stay away right yeah. we're animals yeah. right and um we can feel it we can sense it and it's it's huge it's huge but yeah we're highly affected by you know the people we surround ourselves with our culture which is why it's nice to see other cultures and learn sure. um but also remembering we have a big impact in creating our own culture
0: yeah yeah i, I tie busy into that because you, you talk, and I love it, uh, you talk about human behavior is a language, yeah. and I, I wonder how our human behavior is impacted when we're not good at stuff like time management, like planning out our schedule, like like budgeting our time. I wonder how many people, how much, how their how their behavior is impacted, not only with themselves, but with the people around them, and then if if that's the case, then your culture starts to kind of crumble. I, I just, I was, I was reading what you were talking, you were talking about uh, in, a, in a separate, uh, I think it was an article or maybe it was your mm-hmm. website, but what do you think? So the, what do you think the keys are to decreasing or cutting the fluff out of your life yeah. to be less busy?
1: I think you have to be Intentional with who you want to be. And what I am figuring out when kind of going back to the first conversation of like, why did you choose left and not right. right? Like, why did you choose one path and not the other? And I work with like 99% of the people I work with are women. Right. And we all have different personalities. We all actually, a lot of these women come are global. Like, this is a global issue. Mm-hmm. And what I notice is when I ask a woman, like, what do you want your life to look like? What do you want it to feel like? Who do you want to be? The first response is, who do I need to be for everybody else? Like, that is the first response. Mm-hmm. And so I think busy comes from trying to be everything for everybody else. Mm-hmm. And so you're just ticking the daily boxes off and exhausted and i'm truth. asking people to stop like yes. stop like just go a weekend away like just try to give yourself a break like people saying oh i just want a break yeah give yourself a break like yes. why are you waiting to get sick i've actually heard people say to me i've had retreats like very intimate settings women raising their hand and saying i can't believe i'm admitting this but i i secretly just kind of wish I got in a small car accident where, mm. you know, I was in the hospital for a week just so I could have a break from my life, but not too much where I die. I'm like, really, you need the universe. You need yeah. life to smack you in the face so much because you won't give yourself permission to say, I'm out. I'm out yeah. for a week, Right. but you you're Okay almost dying in a yeah. hospital bed to give yourself that break and what's going to make it okay. When you recover from that, how are you going to be different? So I know that yeah. when I'm talking to people, yeah. I think it's a concoction of like, yes, my cancer story, but everything else. Cause I was questioning it before that happened.
0: Right.
1: I'm like, why, why as women, as humans, regardless of our culture, do we think that, self-sacrifice is success and heroic because it's yeah. actually put it's just i i just see people i'm like point a led to b led to c led to death or like the dis you know like you Man, can see the flags and people won't pay attention right.
0: that wow absolutely i that is so good and so true so on the topic of decluttering. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like, well, kind of moving a little bit past that. How about self-love? Self-love, I kind of tie that to self-worth. And it feels like what you're talking about a lot is there's a lot of women that just don't feel worthy. Like, what, what do you attribute, like, what's the catalyst of that? And how do we cope with that?
1: I think at the core of everyone's limiting, you know, this whole best self notion, Mm -hmm. um, anything that is not best self, I guarantee you, if we pull back the layers enough, there is, I don't feel enough in some capacity, or I was never enough, or, you know, I let this person down or we're just hanging on to something. Mm -hmm. Um, it always comes down to worthiness and, you know, we hear self love, a lot. And I um I think that's too complex for people to understand because we think, like, I look at my children and I think, oh my gosh, I love you so much, I would do anything for you. But is that true? Like, is that honestly true? Would I do anything for you? Um, of course, of course I would, of course I would. But if if that's the truth, then maybe I have to do the really, really hard things like respect myself enough to hold a boundary with you to um, not enable, you know, some crazy behavior that is very detrimental to your health. And am I really doing anything possible? Or when I see parents, this is what breaks my heart the most. I used to um, work with a lot of high-risk families and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, these children are just like screaming for help and attention and being labeled. And I see parents saying, I just can't afford it. I just can't afford it. And I'm like, listen, there's so much shame around. This is you, or you did something wrong. This is not you. You are human. Your child is human. And you, you have your insecurities. Your child has their insecurities. Have you caused them? Maybe there's a connection. There might be a correlation, sure. but this isn't about you. Your child is struggling right now. You need to get out of your own way. So if you talk about self-love and self-respect and worthiness, you need to stand in the in the position of how you want that person to show up. And that sometimes is tough love yeah. instead of self-love. Because yeah. if I'm going to respect you enough to know that you can recover from this and you can pick you know you can wipe your own ass and you can get up and you can do this and you can do uncomfortable things i have to be willing to stand in my own discomfort and not enable you and um yeah it's there's a lot of uncomfortable things we have to do as parents and humans um and self-love self-respect worthiness to take a stand for yourself at that level takes a lot of, um, being able to sit with your own discomfort for sure. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Do you think there's kind of shifting gears and we've only got about five minutes and then I'm, and I'm kicking you loose.
1: Perfect.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, do you think there's such a thing as balance? No, I don't either.
1: Mm -mm. I don't even know what that means. I feel like people, I don't know where it originated from, why it started. I think it it, it actually comes from a very perfectionist mindset and unachievable. Yeah. Um, my capacity and someone else's capacity is going to be very different, different seasons, different, different wants, different needs, different desires. Um, I don't believe in it. And it drives me nuts when I'm asked this question because I'm like, what yeah. do you even mean by that?
0: Right. <laughs> Yeah, it drives me nuts too. Uh, and I, I couldn't explain it. I couldn't have explained it better myself. There's, there's no such thing as perfect. I think that's one of the biggest drivers of people that don't feel self-worth is they, they're always trying to live up to this thing that doesn't even exist. Uh, and usually these people are good people. Like they're eager to please, which means they care, which means they feel. I'm a big feel guy. You know, If you don't feel, you don't retain. And, uh, I feel sorry for those people. Uh, and man, that's a, that's a whole topic in itself. Can you take me back to a time, the time where you had your first real big impact conversation when you started going this route in your life?
1: Do you mean impact on someone else or what do you mean?
0: Yes. Yes. Like your, your first feel good moment where, you know, you, You really made a difference. You, 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 you chose this lane Mm. and you chose this attitude and mindset. You had that mindset, mindset shift. uh, Yeah. And you had a, can you remember that and tell us how that, how that felt?
1: So I'm going to tell you maybe some, not the opposite, but um, what I've had lots of those moments, um, but I didn't believe them at first Hmm. because feeling, they say, I think it was Brene Brown said, joy is one of the most vulnerable emotions of all. So if I actually let that in, like the good stuff in, Mm. um, there's something called foreboding joy. So you feel it. And it's like, when you're watching your children sleep, you're like, Oh, they're so precious. (gasps) What if something bad happens? And I noticed that that was part of my healing journey too, was being able to receive that feedback. So There's one time in particular, but there's many times and I'm going to try not to cry when I say this, but one time I was at a retreat and I was hosting this retreat and I don't know, maybe the fourth retreat and I had a client and she was um, an executive, a CEO of a very well-known company. And she looked at me. And she put her hands on my shoulders. So she's in a leadership role. She knew what she was trying to do to me. Yeah. And she like looked me in the eyes. She said, you need to hear me. I need you to hear me. I was like, okay. She's like, you saved my life. Wow. And, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm getting goosebumps. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, thank you. You know, like whatever. And she's like, you need to receive this. Like, this is going to make me cry now like you need to receive this. You saved my life. Like not like, Oh, you saved my life. Like I do not physically think I would be here without you. And that was really impactful for me because I, because she shook me and she forced me to feel it, that I could feel that. And there's been many times where, you know, when I started my podcast, I was talking to myself um, as we all think, you know, when you're starting, you're like, am I dying yeah. myself? Cause yeah. I wasn't even doing interviews. I was doing solo. Po- oh, look, my little dog came in. I, love it. I was, <laughs> I was doing his name's Steve. And little he, dog? Yeah. A little dash. Yeah. Huh? And nice. he'll, he'll just chill there. Um, so anyways, I'm like off topic now. Usually he's like peeing on the carpet or something. Perfect. But he's, he's just chilling. Um, Oh, okay. So I used to talk to my, I would would do solo shows on my podcast because I really felt alone and isolated. And it was almost like a cry out for help. Like, is there anyone out there who is having a hard time in parenting and actually wants to do something about it and not just complain about it and say, sorry, this is what is. And I would get emails. I always thought I wasn't making an impact, but I would get some emails from people saying, you changed my life. Um, yeah. or I I was going to, I was thinking of ending my life and your podcast saved it. And I just, it's those emails were that keep me going. Yeah. Um, and now I realize influence is so much bigger, right? Like
0: yeah.
1: we we don't need to be attached to the result of okay, if I make myself better, who is that impacting? Right. Just know that, you know, if I went and got a coffee this morning. Well, if you can talk to the barista, but if you're, you know, and that person's in a good mood and they say something to you that just puts the trajectory of your day, like understand that that is impact.
0: Yes. Amen to that. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, one, thank you so much for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Love, love, love this conversation. I'm going to, I'm going to kick you loose. You it's Jerry.
1: No, Steve. Steve. I'm so concerned. He's on the pillow, so he should be okay. But the second he gets off the pillow, then we're concerned that he's
0: he's gonna let loose. Yeah. (laughs) Well, hey, let's do this. You've got 30 to 45 seconds to talk to our listeners, uh, and tell give them your best advice on how you can out improve your previous best self. How can they be a better version of themselves than they were? Yesterday, 30 to 45 seconds.
1: So I always say one degree better. Like there's always room for improvement. You know, all the cliche things you hear about failing forward, Mm. um, look at resistance and just keep tapping it. It's like water on a rock, it will eventually break. And once you've passed that barrier, there will be, you're going to feel this space of freedom. And then just keep tapping that other one. Right. So, Achieve a goal that feels outside of your norm. Keep walking towards it. Tap, lean against the resistance. Don't run away from it. Just keep tapping in. And eventually something inside of you will break open. And it's just like a video game. (laughs) You go to the next one and the next one, but walk, don't run. You don't burn yourself out. There's so many ways where you can quote unquote, I'm not going to say balance, but you can find that alignment or you can have the family life that you want to have. And you can have the professional life that you want to have, um, by being you and speaking up and setting boundaries,
0: man, you are awesome. I thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. I know that you've, you've got a family and you're a, you're a wanted, wanted Shakita. And, uh, I appreciate you carving out time for us.
1: No problem. Thanks Brad.
0: Yeah, make it a make it a great day.